I think it was the best thing that ever happened to me not turning pro. And the reason I say that is because at the time we had talked about like the mental health side of things, not being able to process all the disappointments and like these expectations and stuff. Like what would it have looked like if I had a term pro, you know, I, like you said, you go to the bottom. And the reason why I say I'm glad it didn't happen is like, think about 2016 till now. What, what was bodybuilding like then? God, it really was. What would I have, what, what would I have done had to do to be like competitive? What is happening, everyone? Welcome back to your favorite podcast, the Gordai Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Mahaley, and alongside me, flexing on the YouTube, is Dana Baker, straight from Canada. 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 <laughs> All right, we've got some maple flavor on the show today, and you guys are in for some incredible bodybuilding backstories, insights, and Dana tells us what he did for his first steroid cycle at 18 years old, so you don't want to miss that. Who the said that you guys get don't ready. skip ahead all right i'll see you inside <laughs> dana is this first podcast you ever been on no i've i've been on a couple but okay. not like not like this yeah 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 not not uh not like grow or die there's nothing no. like grow or die family <laughs> out there holy crap um so this is this is funny one for me um because you and i we actually met in person like 2022 like we were just talking yep. about at North Americans, your client won the overall and classic physique. Uh, dope dude, like A plus guy. Um, that's where you and I first met, but I feel like I've known you for a really long time. Yeah, I've, known, I've known of yeah, I've known of you like a long time, especially through like Berzicott and those yeah. guys, like through yeah. that whole kind of. I feel like we go back. So initially, I was one of Jansen's first clients. No back shit. in the day. Yeah. Like way back in the day. Like 2015, 2016. No shit. I have a story about that, but go ahead. Yeah. You, so so you worked with him all the way back then. He had who who else was he? That he was, was like kind of McCarver. that was back when he was working. Yeah, before McCarver too. Yeah. It was when he was working with Justin. Um he was working with Justin Compton, for the Arnold. Huh? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow, that's wild. So pretty much, I mean, honestly, man, if if I'm being quite honest, like my bodybuilding career took off yeah. because of working with him. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing updates from you for a long time. Yeah. And it's like, that was kind of, it's kind of interesting where he's like, where he's at now. Crazy, right. Like, huh? but, and like, I've always had people over the years to talk like things. And I'm like, you know what? Like, Bro. you know, say like, oh, well, Jansen this. And I'm like, he was great. J he was like, great. Like, I'm and great. I'm sure, and I'm sure now like you can see, all the coaches and all the clients that have became coaches. I mean, even for myself. Yep. I mean, like, no, no, no coach has as widespread impact as what Matt has had on the coaching profession. When you look around and he's um, not the kind of guy that wants that kind of recognition. No, and not while. So which we'll, is great. Yeah. We'll, we'll give him his flowers here. Like absolutely. He, he deserves it. He coached me. Hell yeah. 2020. One for the Kuklo, we won. Nice. And I loved the prep. I loved everything. But you know, Dana, when someone's in front, when someone's in front, everyone back there is just trying to pull them back. So like, just say whatever you want about Matt, say this, say that. Yeah. You know, like you can read whatever you want or you can have someone say whatever you want. I'm here telling you, and Dana's here telling as rock solid sources of information. Like, dude, the guy's legit. Yeah. He's good. And he also like, you know, back then I was a student and stuff like he helped me out so much. Yeah. You know, just on a personal level. Yeah. And like that kind of goes a long way. Yeah. Um, but like, like I said, most of my, you know, career where I had a lot of the, um, like I won the super heavyweights, the Canadians, which was back when it was really, really yeah. good Yeah. with him. Yeah. And I got third at the Arnold's with him. Behind wow. Regan and uh, the guy that won the overall. No shit. Wow. Yeah. What so, year would that have been? 25th. No, 2016. It was 2016. I would have been at the Arnold yeah. then. Yeah. I watched Regan win the Arnold. So he didn't win. He won the- Wait, who won? won? The one that, he won the one, I think, in Brazil. No, that's right. That some dude from like Poland or something. No, it's, it's Ser Sergei- uh, Yes. Uh, uh, Mr. Russia at the time. Russia. Yeah, he that's won. That's who won. No shit. You he competed won. in that class? Yeah, I got I third. I was there. I got third. I literally saw you guys on- I saw you on yeah. stage all the way back then. Yeah. 
Wow, life really comes full circle. That's insanity. Yeah. How's that guy done at the pros? The Sergi guy? I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, I, I think, Ray, Regan's turned out to be. I think, so this is the thing too, like Regan, it's it's crazy. So this is the kind of interesting little bubble of that yeah. time. Like, so when he, I started working with Matt in 2015, okay, we did the Canadian Nationals and I, that's when Regan, Bumstead, yeah. me, uh, Johnny Shreve, yeah. you know him. Um, do you know uh, Tony Searle is? I don't. Do you remember him? Yes. Yeah. He used yeah. to, he won the Canadians a couple of times, like for his okay. weight class. Okay. Um, but you don't turn pro winning the Canadians. You do. There's two pro cards. Um, so 2015, when me and Matt first worked together and Regan, I beat Regan, Chris beat me by one spot. I got fourth, he got third. Wow. And then Regan came back and beat me at the yeah. Arnold's, but yeah. he had made like incredible Tons progress, progress. Um, yeah. which was, I was a little bit shocked, Yeah, you know, and kudos to him. He's yeah. a fantastic athlete. He, but yeah. that was just kind of like when a lot of this stuff, like a lot of, all of us were really kind of coming into our own. That's crazy. Um, and then I won the super heavyweights, but. The guy that got second overall, it's kind of a little bit controversy. Of controversial. Course. Of course. There's a men's masters pro card, okay. and then there's two open pro cards. The okay. guy that got second overall won also the men's masters. Mm. So they did, they only gave out one card. Mm. And then I got oh. third overall. Wow. Right. I mean. Tough. You know what though? I think it's the best thing that ever yeah. could have happened. Okay. A hundred percent. Like, I don't think I was ready. Yeah. And obviously, I think. With how life has transpired, I think I'm almost happy it never happened then. Okay. Um, which is interesting. It is interesting, huh? Because it really, I think like at the time, it was like probably one of my like, you know, because everything I had worked towards. And it's almost weird because I won the super heavyweights and that was always something you know, it'd be like winning the supers at the USA. Absolutely huge dude. You know, where you're just like, you, you like, as I remember in 2012 watching Antoine. Yeah. He, yeah. he had won it. And you know, you're watching all these guys and you're like, man, if I could ever just do that, you didn't even think about pro. Yeah. Um, do you just have your you, name next to theirs? You know, I did that, but then I didn't win my card. Yeah. Um, at the time it was just such a like deep dive down from there. Like in terms of like, I was 24, right? Like I just didn't have the mental capacity to handle all that. And there was a lot of other personal stuff going on. Um, it really, and that all, that ultimately kind of drove me into my career of getting into railroading because I, at the time I was working at a job and I quit that job because I was like, I hate this job. Yeah. And then the railroad wanted to hire me and I found out it's a hundred thousand dollar a year job. And I was so like, like, fuck yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. And then also, you know, I had a little bit of like underlying resentment for bodybuilding. Yeah. Not, not like, not genuinely, but just kind of like felt like I wasn't, you know, I'm like, Hey, I like, I felt like I should have been progressing, you know? And then I'm like, well, I'll give this career a shot because it's safer. Mm, right. Okay. You know? And then I took all of 2017 off. Were you, were you just off of competing or you were kind of away from bodybuilding? Huh. It's really, it's really interesting that you say that because at the same time when this was all happening, me, me and Chris became really close friends. Yeah. Especially with all this. Cause he, he, so Chris was going to school in Halifax where I lived. Okay. University. Okay. Um, and we had been competing against each other. So even in 2016, like we had became friends, but then once that had happened and then he won his card at North Americans he was kind of starting his pro career. Mm -hmm. So we, we were like training partners and it was just kind of like, you know, we were friends and hanging out and stuff at that time yeah. because of where he was at. And, and it's interesting because looking back, it should have been an, a clear opportunity for me to d double down even more. Um, but I just think there was just a lot of mental health stuff that I wasn't, yeah. um, over the course of 2017, it, there was a really low point for me at that point. Um, where I almost took my life, yeah. um, which was scary. Like I wasn't like, I got to the point of, of doing something, yeah. but I got to the point of like thinking about it a lot. And then I remember I, it was like a, a couple weeks of just consecutively thinking about, you know, like my parents have this really big house and I just thought about literally 
walking out on the deck, mm-hmm. going up to the roof and jumping off mm-hmm. every day for like a week. Mm-hmm. And I would like think about it and I don't actually want to do this. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't know what to do. Right. Like, cause a, I'm like, there was this point where I'm like, I remember looking at myself in the mirror. I'm like, dude, you just won the super heavyweights. Like you're literally one of the best in Canada. It's what you've always dreamed of. And you just, um, and I'm like, I just want to end. Yeah. Mentally you were so low. So, so, so you didn't get any feeling of satisfaction or fulfillment from that. No, that's not true. Okay. Because there was, there was relationship issues in my life at the time. Mm. So my, my, my partner, my girlfriend at the time had broken up with me. And then I used to have this, this best friend, Johnny Duell. I don't know. We, we had this thing with mutant. Yeah. Um, and we were like, you know, this. Yeah. and then that had broken off. So this had, this had all transpired on top of the bodybuilding yeah. thing. So a lot so, of emotional stress. Yeah. And, and I mean, like, look, this is, this is like seven, eight, nine years ago. Um, you know, and, and like, I think just that feeling of abandonment from the people that were like, you know, my, my girlfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. And then like my best friend at the time. But like I said, you know, it's interesting because Chris had kind of became more prominent in my life, which is fantastic. I think yeah. ultimately he drug me out of that Wow, because I, I could help him Cause like he was training for, you know, he did his first pro show and then that's like, he did Pittsburgh and Toronto and then got second at the Olympia. Um, that was honestly fantastic. Um, that kind of drug me out of like, Hey, you know, and then I got this career, you know, in 2017 with the railroad, but yeah, there was just a point there, man, where, like I said, I remember just wanting to end it. And then I, I went down one morning, my parents were there and I was just like, broke down and was like, I just need help. Yeah. I was like, I don't know what to do. And my dad was like, we're going to the doctor right now. Right we're going to, we're going to figure yeah. this out. This we're is not good. Answers immediately. And I think, I think the, the hardest part of that. And I think what people need to understand is like, I'm, I'm not sitting here by all means, you know, trying to relate to people that have genuine suicidal issues, like constantly where they're like, they're, they're attempting to do it. But like, it's so, I just can remember like being on such a high platform of like expectation. And like, I accomplished one of my all time goals and I felt like the furthest down in a hole that I've ever felt. Um, and I think that was just, I think the, the, the scary part about it. Cause it was just like, you know, who people, cause nobody would have known this was yeah. going on. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and I, you know, I had sponsorship and all this stuff and yeah, the expectations <laughs> for a 24 year old that didn't have the emotional tools equipped to handle all of it. You, 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 you said something that I want to touch on get not getting your pro card. Then looking back is probably one of the best things that ever happened to you. It's, it's innumerable how many people I've helped achieve that who looking back, the best thing I could have done for them is not help them. Yeah. Or in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. It changed every, it, their toxic points or weak points had not yet been worked on to be in a place to have this massive egotistical and, and narcissistic drive behind an accomplishment, which just calling a spade a spade, like that's, we're all in bodybuilding for some ego and narcissistical reasons. We want to look at it. We want to be bigger. We want to be leaner. We want to, you know, all this stuff. It's not really a sport that's super mentally, um, you can be very mentally healed and be profound in this sport, but you probably aren't going to get into this sport without some sort of mental you know, trauma or something that has gone down. And it's heartbreaking to see there's one in particular, a, a mom I helped with her uh, professional status. And um, at the end of the prep, we stopped working together after I was told, quote, for the last 18 weeks, I've been a terrible mom. So I need to take a week off the reverse diet to tend to my child who was four years old by the way yeah 18 weeks of a four-year-old's life 
is a large percentage of time. Mm-hmm. Dana, I, I was fuming. I yeah. Was fucking fuming. Yeah. Like this shit, this fucking, this pro credit doesn't pay with thing. Gives you nothing. Yeah. It means that you suck again. You're at the bottom. Like, yeah. She's not like you. She's not getting sponsorships. Yeah. She doesn't have marketability. Yeah. She doesn't have income that's ever going to come from this sport. She's never going to win a pro show. She's never going to like, and that's okay. Like most people aren't ever going to win a pro yeah. show. But I'm sending you check-ins, voice memos, hopping on call with you, saving you from mental breakdowns while the whole time you're being a shit mom. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, we're just not aligned. We're, and that's when we broke up. Maybe that's when we stopped working together. Yeah. Is that's not what I'm about. But Dana, I feel like so many fucking people do this, dude. Like so many people in this sport. Yeah. Just, yeah. I'm not sure if you've heard my thing about the self-awareness. I just yeah. made that post the other day. Like, yeah, I, d- I did. I did see fourteen percent of people are actually like somewhat self aware. Yeah, in bodybuilding, it's like five percent because yeah. everyone's trying to act like Bum or Derek or whatever. But something I love about you is you've always just been you. You post the goofiest fucking shit. Yeah, on Instagram. Yeah, you were class clown, mm-hmm. clearly. Like yes, all the way through, all the way through college. Yeah, I mean, so I quit college, but um, good choice if I'm being honest. Yeah, like school Fuck. and stuff, man. It was just you know, it was just me, my personality. Like, yeah, you know, just a funny guy. You know, <laughs> I, 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 I have, I have, a hard, I have a hard time. I'm a funny guy. <laughs> I have a hard time, like, especially you know, with cl- like looking back to like with, with all your classmates and stuff. Like, yeah. you kind of find your value, and I think that was the thing for me is like. I found my value in the social aspect of like with my, you know, with this, like with kids making everybody laugh in school and class. But my issue was, you know, the the boundary of like, okay, it's time, it's time to be quiet and let things happen. And I think that ultimately um, transpired into, you know, the sports, you know, ending up being my outlet for like all that energy, that social, um, you know, everything that, you know, everyone's like, Hey, we, we like all these things about you, but like, it was my way to box. Yeah. Because the other thing is too, I think with society, you know, you have to fit in, you do in a way to, so that your peers like you, especially right? when you're younger. Yeah. We right? just want to be accepted. Exactly. And I think once the sports, especially like in high school, right. That really trained me to be a better person because mm-hmm. like, I was like, I had practice yeah. after school. So, you know, all day, I'm not trying to act out, Yeah, you know, obviously I still did, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm like my, everything in life revolved around games and practices. Yeah. Um, I played basketball yeah. and, uh, yeah, we chatted about that volleyball. I played, um, and, uh, I played some soccer too, yeah. but as I got older, soccer became less competitive for me. Like I just didn't want to focus on it. Like I wasn't trying to play competitive soccer in the summers yeah. and, um, and I did track track was, yeah. I loved track. What did you run in track? I did the 200, um, do the 100 and I do the relays yeah. and I, the high jump was, I could jump. No shit. Yeah. No high shit. jump, high jump was my best. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we talked about when the last time you dunked was, cause I just posted <laughs> that, that, that dunking video on Instagram. Yeah. That was a decade ago almost. Wow. And, but have you tried since then? So a couple summers ago I was doing a few attempts and I'm like, I'm just like that close. Mm-hmm. I'm more of the, I can do the alley-oop. Mm. The alley-oop is more. Okay. Yeah. I you think I'm too, I think I'm too, I think I'm too heavy for that now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You might be. And uh, so, well, the, here's the thing. My sports career ended because of ACL tear. Yeah. Um, on, right. the, on my left knee, but that's my, yeah, that's my one-off, right? Yeah. Um, How'd you tear it? In a game, uh, playing ball. Uh, tough, dude. Mid-season two of my senior year. Oh, and then it was all over. Yeah. So, so me and, uh my my best friend spencer who i grew up with um we were both captains of the basketball team and we had a scholarship opportunity to okay. go play college ball amazing yeah. um so that kind of went out the window Fuck. he went Fuck. which is great like yeah. I, like i was really because we were gonna go as like a package yeah and i think that was kind of exciting because like we both didn't really want to do school like we yeah. just had no interest in like yeah. you know like what are we gonna do yeah 
but like that was kind of the goal, right? Like we wanted to play sports. Mm -hmm. Um, so he went and did it, which is fantastic. So they, yeah, that happened my senior year. Yeah. And then all I had was training, man. Yeah. Like I just didn't know what to do. That's where bodybuilding was born. A hundred percent. And I think going through that experience, um, because my whole identity was my, was being an athlete. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, it's interesting because I did handle it pretty well. And I think I handled it well because when it happened, um, I just didn't really accept. I was like, okay, I tore it, let it rest. And then I, uh, you know, I tried to like play, I could do it. And then something pivoting would happen and my yeah. knee would give out. And I played, I had played like a game or two and it just wasn't going well. And then I just was kind of like, you know what, I'm going to leave it. Um, and like, of course in Canada, like I didn't get surgery for a whole other year. Yeah. Um, probably here I could have been in surgery like yeah. in a month. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did track though. Cause okay. you could go straight. Yeah. Oh just yeah. Had to go straight. Did really. So that was the thing. Like, I was just like, you know, I'm not gonna, but at the time I was like, all right, if I'm not playing ball, I'm going to just train. Yeah. I was going to do bodybuilding, like yeah. five day a week split. Um, and then I think I put on like a t another 10 pounds in like yeah. a few months. Yeah. And everyone was just like, what are you doing? Yeah. Are you doing drugs? Like you do taking steroids. Um, and I think that was kind of al almost interesting. Cause I was like, all right, I can't play sports. Let me just train. And it started to go. I just responded really well to anything. Yeah. Like sports wise, like any effort. Um, and then of course, as you know, school passes, that's just all I had. Yeah. And yeah. then once I, I did go to university for nutrition, mm -hmm. um, which was such a shitty program. Dude, dude, I went for exercise physiology um, and like you would think with my life yeah. being exercise physiology that I would have learned something. Let me fucking tell you, I learned absolutely nothing. Yeah. But dude, those school payments are almost paid off. That loan is almost paid, bro. I came out 126 into 126 Gs. Well, so that was, that was the thing. So actually my first year of, of nutrition in yeah. school was really good. Like the, the, the human nutrition courses yeah. and like, I really love them. Yeah. Um, but the peers that I had and, and like, they were, it really resonated to me. Like okay. I, I, I understood it and like, you know, get in the case studies of like, what would you do in this? You know, you got a client who's doing this and like, how would you, all that stuff made sense to me. And then of course, like, I think, you know, hindsight, you know, going through like the first year chemistry and then like learning all about like, especially in human nutrition, like learning about all the macronutrients and just kind of understanding how all that works. It really resonated with me, but like that 25 grand a year bill. I was just like, I don't know that I can find a way, like, I don't want to be $80,000 yeah. in debt or whatever yeah. Yeah. after four years. You wonder like, truly, what is the RO? Because <sighs> if I could go back and do it all over again, I'm from a very blue collar family, yeah. Ohio. Okay. Oh yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not from around anyone who had this business that they were a founder of that did well and had brand re reputation and yeah like the entrepreneurial like, yeah i'm yeah. not around founders and entrepreneurs i i thought this is what i had to, to go get a job to work my hindsight and when the day comes that i have children i wish i just would have graduated high school just worked found someone somewhere that was doing something that intrigued me and they were really high impact with it and just not stop emailing them until they give me a fucking chance to shadow them or intern under them or whatever under them. The things I would have learned. I wanted to be a strength coach. I knew I wanted to be a strength coach. So I thought, oh, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. But you know what, though? Strength coach. It's funny that you say that because that's – how do I put it? So I did my first year university. Yeah. During that first year university – I had my ACL surgery. I decided to take steroids. Mm -hmm. So at 19, 18, 18 and a half. Fuck. What right? was that decision-making process like? So if I really go back to the root of it, yeah. when I was 16, 17, 
I literally bought every, you know, Muscle Mag, yeah. Flex Magazine. And I remember reading all those magazines. And I remember seeing all the guys. And I remember being intelligent enough to know. I'm like, these guys are taking drugs. Yeah. For sure. I know they are. Yeah. Everybody knows they are. And I never had the intro. Like, I didn't, like, for me, there was the intrigue of, like, what would it be like, you know, to take these drugs? Yeah. And I think every kid nowadays, especially nowadays, yeah. we didn't have that, that kind of exposure. No. You literally had to go buy a Flex magazine to get into that. Like you, you didn't see it anywhere else. You're right. Um, it was a very, and of course, like, this is the other thing too. It was such a very, the culture of bodybuilding was very, um, how do you want to, how do you want to put that? It was very like uh, pulp fiction. Like it was very like, uh, you feel like it was almost like taboo or action yeah, figure like. And yeah, it was almost like that, that, like secret society, like, you know, especially with family and stuff like, you know, just very strange. Like, why the hell would you want to do any of that? Like, you know, yeah. and then of course, in being an athlete, you know, where there's drugs involved in something like that's very morally, like not correlated to hard work. It's not correlated to, you know, good moral judgment of risking things. Yeah. And it's just like that all didn't like really, I guess, how would you say that? It didn't really um, resonate with me, you know? Yeah. But, it, you know, there, there was that, but I also took the effort to just study the hell out of it. Did you? Yeah. I was just like, any of the really good forms you could find, I just wanted to know. Yeah. I was just so curious about all this stuff. Um, And so when I had my ACL surgery, yeah. I knew that if I had the surgery, I was going to lose a lot of weight. Okay. So I was like, why don't I put on as much weight as I can mm -hmm. before I do the surgery? Just to me, that made a, a really good sense. Um, and so at the time, this is 2010, mm -hmm. I had done enough research to know that you should only do testosterone. Mm -hmm. um, and somehow I got my hands on pharmaceutical stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and then in Canada, it's a lot the same as here. Okay. It's schedule four. For okay. Wow. Okay. You know, so it's not like- schedule one here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I did 500 milligrams for five weeks. I had, you know, the 10, 10 Bayer Testo yeah, fire. Yeah. The, the 500 the, for five. Uh, ampules. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude. I Crack on, one open. Yeah. <laughs> I put on 30 pounds in, in, a, in like four weeks. Everyone knew. Oh. Dude. Everyone knew. Oh, yeah. I didn't fit in any of my clothes. My mom, and like, and I was in university yeah. away. So when I would go home, they were like, like my dad knew for sure, you know, and I was just like, oh, and like, but here's the thing. I was doing everything like yeah. nutrition. I was literally eat, sleep, train. And like, I can remember, and this is my first year of university, man. Like, so the first month and a bit, I did this in like mid-October till like December. Did the girls like it? No. No shit. Everybody thought I was an idiot yeah. and weird or whatever, yeah. right? You know, what are you doing? Like, yeah. Because, you know, I went from partying yeah. the first little bit, you know, your first year university. And then I was just like, nope, I'm going to do this. Um, and, of, you know, it's it was just like more me and I like, wanted to do it. So I did it. Um, and then I did, uh, after the five weeks, I did Primo, mm -hmm. Bayer Amps. I did 300 MIGs for three weeks. Wow, yeah. Yeah. Um, only or you added no i know i like yeah. so i did it i did it and then i just did the primo for bro it. dana you were hang on you were 18 rocking 800 megs a week <laughs> no, no no i wasn't I, no the, I, the test had ended oh and so i just, just did the primo. 300 primo ah, and yeah yeah got yeah, it, yeah, got, yeah. It, got it I was gonna, yeah i was gonna say <laughs> mother no fuck. that's a i mean that's a monster 18 year old just riled up and ready um, to go even even with just 500 tests you had to it feel, was i was definitely way too much you had to feel incredible dude it was it was insane like almost out outer worldly it was yeah. crazy every time i went into the gym there was nothing you know within reason like i knew like i knew my like so the i remember the first day i did it i was like yeah. 400 pound deadlift for like two reps yeah like I could squat, like I was like, you know, I was like 196, yeah. 195 and I could squat like, um, you know, four, 405 for like four yeah. and I could deadlift like 420 for a couple reps. Yeah. I remember literally two and a half weeks in, I could do 405 for 12, just boom, boom, boom. And I, that, I remember that set. Yeah. It just kept going up. All right, you guys. So I don't run paid ads and stuff on my show because, um, well, quite frank, I'm not super aligned with anybody, but also I just love the flow of how the Grow It Eye podcast goes. So 
how you can give back to me if you could share this. Wherever you share stuff, it could be LinkedIn, it could be Instagram, it could be Twitter, and you just tag the Grow or Die page, tag me in it if you would like to. That would help me so much as I continue to grow this show into eventually doing it in America tour in 2024 and try to come to a city near you to have some amazing guests on. I appreciate it a ton. Now, let's get back to the show. So for the young guys who are listening (laughs) to this, this is where I interject and I'm like, dude, if you keep going at that strength rate increase, you're going to tear the shit out of something at some point. Oh, See, dude, Dana, I was so lucky that you, I did But didn't... you were an athlete too. See, that's right. a bit, you're fresh out of athletics as well. See, at that point, like you would think your joints, your lig- your structure you know what I did? is actually stronger than your muscularity at that point. So you had that. Right. Young guys, don't fucking do that shit. No. Don't fucking do and, that. And so like hindsight now, if I could go back, yeah, yeah. Well, I would never have done it. I would never so have done then it. When would you have started? I would have waited till the next year for sure. And that that's a crucial year of maturation at that point. So here's, here's why though. So I did that for like three months, had my surgery and then I was like laid up, Yeah, you know, for like December. Yeah. It's a major surgery, dude. Yeah. And absolutely. I'm, if you guys, I'll send you stuff. You can put yeah. like pictures and stuff up, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I had to learn how to walk again. And then I got back in the gym, right? Because you're you're on crutches. Right? During this time, you, were you taking anything? No, no, no. I, I did like yeah. the whole PCT thing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. here's the thing too. When you're 19, it's pretty easy to PCT. Yeah, dude. You, uh, your shit bounces back yeah. real fast. Yeah, it was all good. Yeah. So probably April, I had my surgery in December over Christmas break, right? Like during like school, like, you know, the semester thing. Um, by April, I was back in the gym. And then I trained from April all the way until like June, July. And dude, my bot, my physiology had changed because of what I exposed it to. Of course. But dude, I was in the gym, easy money, really? right? Like could train heavy, hard, but you know, you're 19. Yep. Um, yeah. No, sorry. I was 18 still. Okay. Right. Almost turned 19. Yeah. So it's just like, at that point I was kind of like, oh, like, you know, <sighs> Like having already done it, I didn't feel like I needed to take it. Like I felt yeah. great. Um, and then I did my, you know, second cycle yeah. on my own. And that was at the point when like Ian was winning the jun- junior Canadians. And I had watched, so after my surgery, I'd watched my first bodybuilding show, local one. And that's when I was like, I could do that. And, and you saw Ian. No. So Ian, Ian, Ian is in Ontario, but like okay. I went to my local provincial one yeah. and watched it. Yeah. And this is like, right. Like two or three, I was just back into the gym Yeah, and I, well, I saw all the guys in the juniors and I was like, yeah, I could do that. I could Ian and guys. Chris completely transcended Canadian bodybuilding. Yeah. And so I mean, I'm sure I know, I know there had to be guys who were before them who were probably good, but I mean, they, they weren't. So, good. yeah. So like. Well, there was Antoine. Yeah. Antoine was good. Antoine was like at the time yeah. was major, you know. At the time, was he the best like Canadian bodybuilder? No, I would say Ben Pakulski was. Oh, he's Canadian. And Fuad. And Fuad. And, and Frank. Yeah. And yeah. Frank. Frank okay. McGrath. Okay. And there was also, there but was a lot now, of guys. hands down, Ian's the GOAT Canadian bodybuilder. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean if you want to put him under Chris yeah or over Chris you mean bodybuilding body yeah 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 as as an actual competitor Chris is the greatest ever dude so I I would say when that was all going on um like Ben Pakulski Frank um Fuad yeah um I don't want to like offend anybody like I'm just thinking names over the top like and Antoine was still an amateur but he was like crushing it with the social media like the videos Um, and there was a whole black of like Canadian guys that were good. There was like, you know, Ron Partlow. Okay. He was always crushing it. Um, and, uh, yeah, there what, was just... what's changed about the scene to now there's so much good competition. I feel like the men's side is a little better than the women's side in Canada. You don't think so? I think the women are good, man. Are they? Yeah. I mean, look at Miss, Missy Truscott. Yeah. She's winning. Um, and then there's a, um, there's a lot of like, look at the bikini, um, Lori, Laura Lee. Oh, she Canadian. Uh, Jen Dory. Yeah. Jen They're Dory. both Canadian? Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, like, I don't know, man. The girl, the girls are oh, good. Oh, shit. Look at wellness. Yeah. Um, you got Marissa. Yeah. Or no, sorry, not her. Um, you got, uh, what's her name from Odin, the West Coast? She's doing really good. Um, uh, Cass, Cass. 
Yeah, I'm I'm not huge on all the names of yeah. them, but the the women are doing really Maybe really I good. Maybe I just follow a lot more men. You probably know a lot of the Canadian girls, but you don't yeah. realize. But I don't Canadian. realize they're Canadian. Yeah, 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 yeah. that would make sense. Um, men are men are also doing extremely well. Yeah, I, I think I think the big difference now is um, it's hard to say because like I was kind of from that era where a lot of the guys that you know, yeah. we were kind of from. It was kind of like Canadian nationals with the CBBF, like the old organization yeah. that we had, it was very gatekeepy. Okay. You know what that's I mean? Weird. Yeah. That's like weird. there was two pro cards a year. There was only one nationals, but you had like that opportunity or North Americans, which yeah. was great though, because yeah. if you won, you were good. Good. Yeah. You were really good. Yeah. And right. it used to be like, if you want to like a state level show, yeah. you know, used to like basically here, if you win your, your class at national level, that was how it used to feel when you won at like the provincial state level. Yeah, yeah. Like if you wow. won that, you were wow. really good. Yeah. Now I feel it's like there's so many pro qualifier, like some. class winner levels that it's like, but now here in the States that turns into pro card. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, um, how many pro cards we have a year here in America? Like 600, 500? It's, it's something insane. Canada, we only have six. Yeah. That's. You yeah, get that's two at Toronto pro, you got two at Vancouver pro and you got two at Canadian pro for bodybuilding yeah. so you get six six my uh i, I want to talk about my first step mm -hmm. cycle sorry you also have the masters too anyways there's a lot there's uh, probably like 10 or 15 cards that you can get like yeah. something like that i count those as two different right masters over two different not because master fighters aren't great they're great it's just they're literally different shows right um at least here I'm, I'm just saying opportunities typically. right yeah yeah so yeah, um, what would you do for your first cycle bro <laughs> <laughs> Winstrol. Okay. 20 milligrams of Winstrol a day. That's not bad though. I had this little dropper. I uh, like that. But it's also the States, man. Like I, I feel like it's different here. So I feel like trying to sort like harder to get it. It was very hard at the time it was. Now it's fucking easy as hell to get. I guess we also just know how to get it now. Um, yeah. But dude. Just, a, I just feel like the, the whole black market thing and stuff would have been way more, you know, taboo and stuff. It would actually like, you know, 10, 15 years ago type thing. Yeah. So 20, 10 years ago, uh, had this suspended wind stroll suspended, like this pink solution. You would put it under your tongue and like, let it sit there and do to bring tears to your eyes. Just how that sounds much horrible. burn, like the chemical nature of it. And you would sit there and you would just like take it. And then like, you'd go train and like, dude, I used to train so high volume. I mean, we would hit me and my, my training partner, Brian Garza. We start our cycle together. <laughs> and we're like, Oh fuck dude. Like we do nothing. We asked somebody and they were like, yeah, dude, just take some windstraw. Like it'll get you lean. And you know, if you look up windstraw back then. Good old classic track and yeah, field. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's going to get you hard and grainy. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck it. But watch your joint big and then yeah you start taking it and it's like oh fuck this hurts dude and i'm coming out of a, a, a off of college track or in track university since that is my first year out right i was like i knew i want to take steroids dude honestly i wanted to take steroids when i was running of course <laughs> i did obviously that's highly illegal yeah, yeah yeah but i was like dude i, I want to fucking i want to take some fucking testosterone while i'm fucking running and then like you read that like you're never gonna be able to have kids or like and and, and back then like dude there wasn't the information that was now you could find something back then that was like your dick won't get hard mm. you're taking testosterone fuck let me just that yeah. is wow false. That is false, false information <laughs> and if i would have known because at the time at the time, I've been working out and I had a little bit of facial hair. Right. And I've been working out. Right. So, like, I was getting, I was starting to get a little bit of chicks and like I was super outgoing. I was right. Like, funny. I was not good looking. But like, I was like confident enough, but like not super confident. But like, I was confident enough to like get laid here and there. So, I'm reading, like, for the first time in my life, I'm getting chicks and I'm reading this could make your dick soft. <laughs> And I'm like, oh shit, but like, I can't risk this. Like, I can't, I, I, uh, I can't do this. And that's the only reason I didn't do steroids when I ran college track is the, the moral integrity of like racing against people. Listen, college track in division one NCAA is insanity. Of course it is. These guys are fucking nuts so i didn't fucking feel bad because i'm looking around how you're looking at that magazine like well these guys are clearly on shit i'm watching what some of these human bodies are doing and i'm like yeah, yeah. i practice hard and that doesn't happen right and i was born with a slight genetic advantage in athleticism yeah you, well you're at the happen. level you're at the level where you've reached the call like yeah you, that's the thing like people don't understand it's like 
you get to those levels and, and like, it's the same thing with bodybuilding. You get to those levels and you're like, this I'm pretty fishy. good. Yeah, but I'm this pretty is good. Fishy. And, but it's even worse. Like, this is the funny thing. Like, I'm not even talking about sports, like bodybuilding. Yeah. Like, we're all taking the same thing. The same. Stuff. So, like, I remember, like, that's the thing. Like, we talked about the Arnold. Yeah. I remember going to the Arnold in 2016. Yeah. Um, and it was like, my first exposure because all my shows I did was Canadian. It was Canadian guys, Canadian. You didn't really think about other guys. So you show up, there's guy from like Russia, mm -hmm. Argentina here. And you're like, oh, okay. Shit, yeah. But then I did good. But then the other part of it too is like, we're all taking the same shit. Yeah. Everyone. Like, wait a minute. There is no advantage. Yeah. Other than genetics. Once you get it kind of the... like, it, it's just like you take, you get good genetics. Yeah. And then you put everybody on drugs. It's yeah. the same thing. Yeah. You know? Did you see Sam Sulik's cycle? No. Supposedly? No. Uh, supposedly. I, I honestly he, don't really follow a whole lot of it. Bro, I learned who he was like a month ago. And I was like, this guy has how many? Like, there was a bodybuilder with 3 million subs that I didn't know. Like, how did that? But it happened so fast. I heard, I, heard, I heard about him. He looks insane. He looks great. He looks great. He's like 20. I There's a I, like, so obviously I've known who he is. Um, but I just like, I don't follow a lot of stuff. Like I just don't have time. Yeah. Um, but I find there's such a negative con, con, connotation towards yeah. like what he's doing. Why? Why do you think that is? Because he's not the, doing the steps, right? The regional show, the, the, the qualifier, the pro card. I just think that's jealous. Of course. There's, of and, course and it is. making so much money. Of course it is. But dude, would you like, look, if I could have figured out that I could, uh, could have done that, I wouldn't have. You're telling I me. I probably wouldn't have done half of the show. There's not a single fucking person that will, this podcast will ever reach in their right state of mind that would take, you know what? Like, I'm going to work my way up the ranks as a body. I'm going to do 15 over, cycles. Over a 3 million person YouTube subscribe. This one is like so much cooler and better and more beneficial and harder than this one. Yeah. 3 million YouTube. His life is set. Yeah. For, uh, he never has to step on stage and compete, turn pro, nothing. He looks insane. He it, Now, it, you know, does he do some things that are a little off the wall? Yeah, but he's like 20, 21. I was yeah, too. Yeah, but he's not, he's not doing anything anybody else didn't do. I agree. But and his I, apparent cycle. Okay, like, what's the here that is? It was like seven grams total. I don't think so. We can we can post it up here. It's I, I highly okay. doubt it is, though. I don't disagree with you. I, it, the one part I did believe. To potentially be true was like 20 IUs of, uh, of, um, it's GH or insulin. GH. Uh, maybe if it's underground, like maybe if but, it's like, if it's he, not pharmacy, I can't see. Let me look this guy up. Man, I just don't think people understand. Let me see. So what, what's, what's the most GH you've ever used? You really won't believe it, but I haven't used a lot really? um, because it's just, I was never able to afford it. Uh, um, I got it. The most that I ever used would have been 10 IUs, yeah. but it's, it's from the, the, the Chinese kits, right? Uh, okay. So I don't, have I don't use real. I have. And I used, I used, uh, five, five IU a day Yeah, and it worked really good yeah in terms of like metabolism and conditioning i but found it, it, it i found it was major. like the thing the thing is i've never genuinely like i've never had a year where i've used it like i've just like a full just, year because i've just never financially had the position to do it and in canada we can't really get it's not like here where you can source pharmaceutical stuff for a really decent price if like in canada you can get it yeah but it's also if it's available yeah. And if it's not faked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like definitely there's, better there's now. Hoops. So now, now there's definitely more quality out there, but, um, fuck, I'm looking for his cycle and I can't, it, it was either six or seven grams. It's 20 something. I use a GH. It was, oh my God. It was like, I just Here, don't here's believe where it. Though. I stopped believing it was 150 milligrams of Anadrol daily. And it's like, dude, he's going to be red as a mother. There's no way, man. I don't even That's know. a lot, bro. Here's the That's thing. That's a lot of Anadrol. Like growing up and taking stuff and like, so like, you know, coaching hundreds, if not, I, I don't even, I, you know, people say coaching thousands. It's like, no, coaching hundreds, you know, maybe like 
hundreds of people with prescribing them stuff over the last decade. Yeah. And having, you know, a hundred to, no, sorry, like 200 friends mm -hmm. in the industry who are competing with me and like, you know, all the way from Bumstead to so-and-so and people that everybody follows and know, I know what they've taken. I've yeah. helped them do their shots. And 150 mix. <laughs> I've helped them do their shots before. I know what they've taken. And like, there's also guys that I've competed with at the local level, you're backstage. And like, yeah. I've had guys backstage be like, I'm taking this, this, this. And I'm like 21. So like, this would be interesting. Like, so from when I was 19, did my first show is 197. Yeah. My, the next year I was 236. Like 230, 236. What do you attribute that to? What? We attribute that to. Um, consistency and taking, pro like I didn't take a lot of stuff. So like taking, it's not the amount I took. It was just like doing more stuff. Yeah. Um, but also just genetics too. Yeah. Like I've just responded really well to everything. Yeah. You know, it wasn't so much like the amount of it because in 2014, when I had my first go at nationals, yeah, <laughs> I decided I had, I had some help with the show, but I was doing my own drugs yeah. and I was taking everything. I yeah. did literally, man, I was doing like a hundred milligrams of everything. Mm -hmm. So Just everything, the kitchen like, sink. I, I've done one of those before. I've done one of those cycles. You know, like yeah. Winstraw, Pryron, Trend, Mastron, yeah. Primo, yeah. Test. And I did that for like four weeks. It was like the last four weeks. And dude, it didn't, I didn't, the only thing that it, it helped me do is I looked crazy yeah but it's not like i put on crazy amount of muscle yeah it's not like and i did it for such a short window i definitely felt messed up yeah um yeah. and then that was after the fact i started working with jansen yeah yeah <laughs> i yeah. told him what i was doing he was like what like what the fuck He's is like, this we're, not, we're yeah. not doing any of that yeah you know once you get past like the three i, I tried it out because in my head yeah. i was like i was doing a i was in a really you know i was 21 yeah. i looked good um, you kind of realize at 21 too, there's not really a sorry, lot I can sorry, do. Sorry, 22. Yeah. And, and even at that, it's, there's not a lot you can do at that point, like really long-term at no. yourself. And I remember you can fix it. I got my student loan because yeah. I was going into school in September and the nationals in September. And I was like, I've, I'm going to, I'm going to spend like three grand here. And just like, I had this guy that was a, that was a, um, I won't get into details, but he was helping me out with my shots. Yeah. So I was great. I was like, yeah. sweet. I mean, We've all had those friends. You know, it was like <laughs> six meals a day. Yeah. Boom, just boom. all the time. It, for the last like month of the show. Yeah. And I was just like, let me just crank things up. And I looked wild. I placed fourth yeah. at Canadian Nationals. Yeah. Um, that was the year behind, um, behind Bumstead? Well, so this was, this was 2014. Yeah. And then 2015, Bumstead had hit Nationals. And we yeah. like that I mentioned. So God, his updates have been posted online since, like since then. Like since maybe that prep, but I remember seeing him baby face, like young dude. So that would have been in 2014 ways. when he had just did like, uh, yeah. uh, his provincial show. Cause I mean, at the time it was just like, Ian was dating Melissa. Yeah. And then Chris was just like, you know, he was like, do a, Ian was like, do a show, you know? You wonder if Chris ever would have found bodybuilding if like Ian and Melissa wouldn't have been together. But that's the thing. That's the thing that people need to understand about it is it's not, it's, it's like, and like, even back when Chris had turned pro, yeah. um, you know, it was like in the, in 2016, it was just like, it's going well, I'm going to keep going. Yeah. Like it was never this whole like martyr thing, like, yeah. you know, and, and I think that's the thing that people need to understand about it. It's like, they look at him and where he's gotten to, and they think that he had this major plan. They think that he had this, like, you know, sat down and do this. Like even Ian and Melissa weren't like, it was just like, cause like in 2016, when I won Canadian, like the super heavyweights, not yeah. Canadian national story, he got second in the heavyweights. Says so we were backstage and I was like, dude, we might be in the overall together. Like that's bum. Yeah. And then the guy who beat me, Khalid, yeah. He actually did. So he, he, he runs that, you know, that FitLog app? Dude, yeah, I've seen so it. So Khalid, seen it. Khalid runs that. Shit. Yeah. And he also, he's been to the Olympia. Yeah. Fantastic competitor. Yeah. Crazy physique. Oh shit. Um, so he beat Chris in the heavyweights. So Chris got second, man. He was not doing good. He was wow. bummed out. And then he decided to go to North Americans. And that's where he won the whole pro. Thing. Wow. Right. And then Justin, I think, I remember Justin got, won the supers. 
Justin uh, Rodriguez. Yeah, so yeah, he had he won, the won the supers, the overall, I think, and the overall. And then Bum said won his class and heavy yeah. right? But Bum said you have to get top three at nationals in the overall to get your but he, pro card, right? Or do you? No, no, no this is no, North you American, get so he just won his class. Yeah, you get class winner. So you get the class right. winner. Yeah. So then he switched to classic because now, right away, as a pro, he fit the weight weight cap, category. Yeah, and he never like that was the other thing. People yeah. are, it's like, dude, we never even thought about it because the weight cap was like so small. It was in incredibly small yeah nature, right yeah um but yeah it's just like it's it's never been a, i don't it's like all these people that are doing it, it's never been this grand plan uh-huh. right and yeah. that's the kids nowadays are trying to make it the grand plan and it's just doesn't work that way yeah it doesn't there's a lot of components i was thinking about this this morning danny you know it's funny um there was a client that uh <laughs> i was fired by her like uh maybe in july or something because i sent her a message telling her exactly where she stood as a competitor right and you know she wanted to do a show she wanted to do north americans and i told her you know what to expect from this show like we're we're we're, we're not going to be in contention to get the card Right. And we're, we're, we're just not there yet. And, yeah. and that's okay. Um, and she fired me over that message. Went and hired somebody else. Did North Americans got third call outs. Um, I, I don't want to be like, you know, told you so, but like, I, w- I wasn't just like trying to be a dick when I said that. And how this equates is because you have no control over how your body is going to respond. Right. You have control over like the meals and like the train after you have control over sleep. You have control over hitting your shots. You have control over your health mark. You don't have control over if your biceps going to tear today, doing a fucking press. You don't have control over how your body continually responds long-term to the training. So like you can have this grandiosity of a plan of I'm going to, conquer the npc i'm gonna conquer the ifbd and i'm gonna go to the olympia and i'm gonna win it all the amount of control you have over that is probably a number that would make most people want to actually quit chasing the sport of bodybuilding at all because everyone now it's so easy and popular to do because bump said does it and christian guzman does it and like i want to do it right yeah and i think that that's you know going back to when we were talking about you know my depression mm-hmm. in 2016 and not and like getting into railroading i think that's kind of you know because my family always had a hard time with the bodybuilding thing because it's just it's not the safe thing you know and being a kid and mm-hmm. getting into the PEDs and like going down that pathway. And I come from a very Christian family. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents had a really, really, really hard time with it. They've when, always- When did they start accepting it? I don't think they ever have. No way. They still don't love it. I mean, they love me. Yeah. You know, they love me and they love what I've been able to do. I think the concern at the start, like, let me rephrase it. The concern at the start was that they they probably feared that they were going to lose their boy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but it wasn't about like changing myself. Like, that's the thing. Like you were talked about like, oh, you're such a class count. It's like, yeah. I've, n- I've never really tried to use bodybuilding as a way to, a- to turn myself into something I'm not. It's always just been a way, like the competitive side, like the sports. It's just been my way of like finding that grounding part where it's like, I feel like this is who I am as a, like a competitor. Um, and like, getting to the point where I've done what I've been able to do. And like, ultimately now, like, um, we can get into the whole job thing and stuff too. Um, the, where I'm doing this full time, it's almost a blessing that I've been able to actually do it. And I think that's kind of the part where there's appreciation. Um, but yeah, it's just like, you know, it's just the whole bodybuilding industry and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like my, you know, my dad and parents are just like, yeah, this is not for them. Right. Yeah. And totally understandable. Yeah. Um, but like where I was going with that is like, that's why I got into the railroading job. Cause it was kind of like, I had felt at that time with that lull. I'm like, well, maybe everyone's right. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I should kind of get something a little bit more stable, you know? And, and I, and like I told you, I think it was the best thing that ever happened to me, not turning pro. And the reason I say that is because at the time we had talked about like the mental health side of things, not being able to process all the disappointments and like these expectations and stuff, like what would it have looked like if I had a turn pro, you know, I, like you said, you go to the bottom. And the reason why I say I'm glad it didn't happen is like, think about 2016 
till now. What what was bodybuilding like then? God, it really was. What would I have? What, what would I have done? Had to do to be like competitive? Uh, yeah. Because you know we talked about Regan. Yeah. And like he struggled hard. He struggled because he 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 did end up turning pro like mm -hmm. before me there in 2016. Mm -hmm. Um, and like you know Bumstead, but like Bumstead turned to classic. Yeah. You know, and then yeah. like I remember Ian too. Ian was like professional at the time, and he had to take like. It took him a long time to long become time. competitive and now he's out, but why, you yeah. know, because it just gets to the point where, and like in that time frame, I'd taken a lot of time off competing. Mm -hmm. Um, well, I took a full year off, which 2017 was my first year off competing since mm -hmm. 2012. Um, and I, <laughs> I came back in 2018, did the Arnold got, did horrible. No way. Looked horrible. Oof. Yeah. Was not a show I should have done. Yeah. And then. Why'd you do it? Cause I feel like, I felt like I had to prove something mm. to myself. Mm. Um, but then how was your mental after that? Not good, but also kind of like, yeah, you should have did the show, right? Like I pushed myself through, I thought I could push through and, um, that's the funny thing. So with the railroading thing, um, I had gotten fired my first time when I'd first got hired on, okay. then they let me go off my probationary period okay. out of nowhere. Okay. Um, I had then got my job back right at the start of the Arnold prep, but it was on like thin ice terms. So I was doing this prep and I was back to work yeah. and I was like, yeah, don't want to lose this job. I'm also going to diet. Mm -hmm. Prep didn't go well. And then I was going to do Toronto that year in 2018, pulled out of the show three weeks out. And then um, kind of just left it at that. I was just like, all right, I need time away. Um, came back in 2019, won my regional show again, which was kind of like getting my feet back under myself, pushed myself to do Toronto, looked horrible, got third. Okay. But kind of drove myself into a hole, Yeah. you know? And at the time too, I'd gotten into another toxic relationship. Mm. Ah, it was extremely, extremely, yeah. But you know, this is all like enabling myself, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, 2019 and then ended up fortunately getting out of that relationship in, in 2020 at the start of COVID. Um, then I had made my, so in 2020, when COVID was kind of roll, rocking and rolling, had my first very successful, healthy relationship. Okay. Which was great. Yeah. Which was like, honestly, to this day has really changed a lot for me in the sense of like all these traumas of all these other relationships and stuff. Mm -hmm. It was like the first one that went really well. And it was like, oh, so I can let go of all that. Yeah. Like you learn tools. From yeah. It's like, hey, this is not so bad, okay. right? Like I don't have to be this guy who's like, you know, dragging this thing, you know? Yeah. And then I had my best prep ever. I was, so I had started working with Patrick mm -hmm. tour back in 2019. So sorry, backtracking here now mm -hmm. when I was in that relationship, which was not great. I started working with Patrick. Yeah. Um, this was like three or four months after the Toronto. Um, he really brought me back. Yeah. Like Patrick was great. Yeah. Um, and I'd started working with him because of Ian. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Ian was working with him. Yeah. So success. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Like Ian started working with Jansen. Yeah. After I had worked with Jansen. Yeah. Um, you started working with Patrick. After and so, you. and he, I remember he had reached out to me he was like, dude, like, what do you think? Yeah. Um, and I'm sure he reached out to other people cause he was yeah. looking for a coach and I was like, dude, do it. And then I saw that he started switched and went to Patrick. Yeah. And then in my mind, I was like, man, there's just like, I just trust Ian's judgment. Yeah. Um, so I reached out to Patrick and we'd started working together. And so we had worked together for a while there. Um, and of course there was COVID stuff that happened, yeah, restrictions, yeah. got back doing this prep. And this is when, you know, we had mentioned my client Dylan that you had met there at North Americans. We were kind of working together too. And we were yeah. doing this prep together. Um, and dude, I looked so good and everything was going great. And then we flew to Toronto and then they canceled the show. No shit. Yeah. Oh, oh. They, so. We got there, flew in, landed, and then the gov the Ontario government, wow. provincial government had shut it down because of health things. And then they moved it. They, and like kudos to Ron and, and the CPA there, the show was here. They're like, Hey, we're going to move it to this town. They're trying to find a spot. Yeah. The city of this 
shut it down. They were like, Hey, we're going to move it to here. They shut it down. And then it just ended up being that you couldn't do it. So I did a really, really good photo shoot with Jason Breeze. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, and then my stubborn self, um, I pushed to do the amateur Olympia, but here's the thing went flying with how things were flying out of Nova Scotia to Toronto. When you go back, you had to quarantine for two weeks. Yeah. So to go home, quarantine for two weeks. And then I had a, so I had like borrowed stuff to train in my basement. Yeah. Um, and then I went to Orlando for the uh, Olympia amateur. <laughs> Missed, the flight got canceled. So I landed 17 hours before stage. It was just a shit show. Yeah. yeah. Got third in the supers. Dude, <laughs> dude, you just brought up that quarantine thing. And yeah. my, 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 my mind can't. You fucking remember when they were literally holding us prisoners? Oh, they were yeah. holding us prisoners if we did anything at all. And now looking back, it's like, God, we were fucking, ah, we were lied to and duped so goddamn hard. Isn't that fucking frustrating? You know what the frustrating part too is? I think at the time, because they're like, this is 2020. Like yeah. by the time 2022 hit, like it's been almost two years ago that there was restrictions in Canada. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like 2020 was that year I feel like nobody really knew what to do. Like even the governing people, like, you know, it was just like, we're, we're just going to like, yeah. it was just this, it wasn't like there was some grand thing going on at the time. It was just, everybody was just like, yeah, which is helpful when that I was, think about it. That was just an awful time. It was just though. bad. Right. That was such an awful time. So that was another big dip in me Yeah. Um, with the bodybuilding because I was just like, man, like, is this ever going to work out for Bro, me? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I, I remember that too. I like had some momentum going, like I was looking really good. I was having my best all season yet. And this hits. It just felt like, it, it felt like uh, it was nice knowing that everybody was dealing with the same thing. You know? Yeah. It was also, there was this weird comfort that we all had some mental health stuff going on because we were so restricted from people, or at least extroverts, like right. introverts probably really enjoyed it. Dude, me and you, wow, I was down really bad. And that's actually, you know, that's when I started this podcast. The week that, that COVID hit is the first week of the Grow and I podcast. And so like, I had this outlet and I'm so grateful for that because it allowed me to be somewhat extroverted still. Yeah. But do they not getting this human face-to-face, eye-to-eye, give you a hug interaction? That was horrible. And then even, you know, when it opened, it's like you're walking around and you're smiling at people, but you got a fucking mad. Dude, that was insanity. That was absolutely insanity. But I remember saying in that, one of the first podcasts that was ever on the show, I think it was podcast two or three, like what you do right now, at some point this is going to end. Right. What you do right now sets you up for how well equipped you are when this ends. So right now you have time to work on skills, to hone things, to, to pro- you know progress yourself as a human. Do you feel like during the COVID period, you were able to do that? Like, do you feel like in some capacity, you came out the other side better than you went in? 100%. Yeah. Because when it started out, like I mentioned, I was dating someone who, you know, it was not a very healthy relationship. I was prepping to do with Patrick Mm -hmm. to do the, uh, the European pro qualifier over in Denmark, yeah. four weeks out, COVID hits, everything shut down April of 2020. Yeah. So from that period of like getting out of that relationship, um, having my new relationship that I had had during with, uh, two, two ex-girlfriends ago, I guess, yeah. um, that went really positive. And then we went with COVID cause she, she had lived away, yeah. um, you know, that kind of got in the way of things. So we ended up, you know, parting ways, but it also forced me to move away from home with my railroading job. I transferred to another city that I could keep my seniority, Mm -hmm. started living on my own, um, started really, you know, getting some momentum with coaching and then boom, had my DUI, Mm. um, which we can talk about. Um, and then getting fired from my job up there, And then kind of getting into this position where I had to really double down on coaching, which I knew I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to do it. It's just like, I wasn't thrust you into it. I just wasn't going to quit my job on my own. Yeah. 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 Um, and then, and that ended up happening. And then, you know, being in the position of helping some of my clients turn pro 
and then getting more clients and just doing a good job. Like one thing I can say is like, I definitely have a long way to go with this, but I have a 30, 40 year period ahead of me oh, yeah. to coach. Absolutely. So one thing I've been really happy about that is that my, my percentage of how well I'm doing with each of my clients is really high. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, I guess a little bit of a flex, but also huge flex. Winning percentage matters, bro. Yeah. But also percentage. what, but also it's like, you know, for me, it's like one of those things like, Hey, you, you do know what you're doing and like, you just got to keep getting better. Cause the big thing is just like managing the, the higher volumes and like trying to, you know, anybody can do a good job with a couple people, but um, you know, getting to that higher number of people and like being able to give everybody what they need. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like now I'm in the, and then, you know, I went back to my career, but I also have been able like to get back into my bodybuilding. So like in 2022, when I had met you, yeah. you know, I got one back onto my shit, got second at uh, Toronto pro in the supers, won my class at Vancouver, lost in the overall, mm -hmm. saw you, met you, mm -hmm. client Dylan had Did won his great. pro card, yeah. my client, and Nell had actually won her pro card at Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I, you know, so I got back on stage and got that momentum going. A lot of momentum. Got then. my puppy for yeah. like at the time, cause it, yeah. like being fired from my job allowed me to actually have a dog. Yeah. 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 So there was just so much stuff that's came out the other end. Yeah. And then I went back to my career. Yeah. Got another girlfriend. Yeah. That didn't work out. The career didn't work out. Um, and now we're here. So no, note to Dana, no more girlfriends, no going back to the career. You're sick yeah, forever. Yeah, yeah. Or you gotta start dating dudes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Dana, dude, man. thank you so much for coming on. That's a yeah. fun ass chat. I enjoyed talking shop with you. Yeah. Uh, it's incredible. I'm looking forward to dinner tonight. Dean's is, is good, yeah. bro. Bro, this, the bread and butter at Dean's. Oh, it's so good. Are you an old fashioned guy? You a whiskey guy? Uh, I'm not really big on alcohol. You're not big on alcohol. Well, I've, I've had to, yeah, I've had to remove that out of my life. I know. I not know. that I ever had an issue with yeah. it. Yeah. Um, no, I'm not really, really. I, I guess I, you'll have to introduce me. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll enjoy one old fashioned together tonight. Yeah. So Dana, dude, thank you so much for coming on. I love chatting with you you guys. The links and everything is going to be down below to follow Dana, support him in his bodybuilding career. Uh, hilarious Instagram. Great dude. A plus. Thank you. Yeah. Grow or die. We'll see y'all soon. Peace. Peace out.